I'm Carrie Brett, and this is Shot at Love. Do you feel your life needs to be perfect to find love? This is not true, and today's episode will prove otherwise while instilling hope and humanity and changing your negative beliefs around online dating. Sometimes life throws so many things at you that it's impossible to handle them on your own. And when you think things can't get any worse, you can catch a break. An amazing knight in shining armor can ride up on a horse because you swiped right. This week's guest is my oldest friend, Christine Brennan, and her journey and love story are unbelievably inspirational. In this week's episode, she'll share tips around online dating and all the mistakes she made until she finally got it right. You won't want to miss it, so stay tuned. Christine Brennan is a full-time nurse and a divorced mother of three who grew up in a coastal town called Hingham just outside of Boston. Christine had no idea she had Lyme disease when she was pregnant with her children until she passed it in utero to her kids. Her oldest, Delaney, has been dealing with debilitating symptoms for most of her childhood. She spent years on crutches and in a wheelchair and has suffered too many procedures and hospitalizations. Christine has taken her all over the country trying to get Delaney well while paying out of pocket as a single mother. These trips for treatments forced Christine to be on her fourth family medical leave. Lyme disease has deteriorated and weakened Delaney's immune system that she only tolerates hydration and nutrition through a feeding tube. Delaney's younger brother and sister also have congenital Lyme and are treated in California. Insurance does not cover Lyme disease, which creates havoc and financial hardship in your life. A GoFundMe has been established to help the Brennan family, and I'll share details later on how to donate. During all these incredible challenges, Christine kept going, kept searching for a cure, and throughout all of these personal challenges, found love online. I'm so excited to share Christine's unbelievable story of love, strength, and resilience. So without further ado, welcome Christine Brennan. Hi, Carrie. Hi, Christine. You've come a long way, baby, since Forest Lane. I'm feeling it. Yeah, you've had quite a journey. Tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and your journey. My name's Christine. Um, I have three kids, uh, one boy, two girls. I grew up down the street from Kerry. Um, we were just a regular family. My mom was a teacher. My dad worked for the telephone company. And um, yeah, we used to bury each other in the leaves, remember? <laughs> it's probably when I got Lyme. <laughs> you used to bury me alive in the leaves. Yes. Um, the side of the road, which was part of your hazing, and... I came back, though. I didn't leave you for long. You didn't. You didn't. <laughs> and I would do that for you, which is ridiculous, but... So funny. You were the ruler of our neighborhood, and we played outside. This is pre-cell phones and all of that, and we just lived in the woods. And you used to say... You say, like, I'm a dick. Yeah. Um, I can remember you pulling ticks off yourself. I definitely did. Had no idea what it even was at the time. Yeah. Hindsight's killing me here with a lot of things. <laughs> well, no one could climb a tree faster than you growing up, and you definitely were in the trees more than me. But why is it that the ticks would be on you and not me? I, I don't know. That is a good question. Do you get bit by mosquitoes a lot? No. I don't know. I'm not sure either. No one wants my toxic, toxic <laughs> blood. 
<laughs> Mine's toxic now too, so. <laughs> but Lyme robs you of all the things that you love to do. So if you're somebody like the outdoors, I mean, we used to love to play, ride our bikes, be out, capture the flag, be running all over the place because we had a lot of energy. How horrible is that? If you were someone who liked to hike or walk your dog and then in the process of that, you get Lyme. And it is so common and not talked about. It's not hundreds of thousands of people. It's millions of people that are affected. And it's not covered by insurance. So we're going to, Aaron Brockovich, blow the whistle off this today. And I can't wait because I'm pissed. I'm pissed. But this episode is going to be really good because I hear so often from people that their kids are so consuming, they have no time for their own love life. Or no one will want to date me because I have three kids. Or no one will want to date me because I have three sick kids. And all of that is not true. And there are wonderful people out there, and they don't care how many kids you have, what the medical history is. And we're going to talk about that today, because I think a lot of people need to hear your story, because it's the everyday stories that are the most impactful. And here you are, a nurse working five 10-hour shifts, and you went online dating. And we're going to talk about how much of a survivor you are, how much you've gone through, and how you navigated all this. So the bottom has fallen out in your life many times, and you've been in the fight of your life against Lyme disease. And you just recently had me watch a movie called The Monster Within Us. Monster Inside of Me. Monster right. Inside of Me. And in that documentary, they say it's such a harmful disease that it robs you of your life, soul, relationships, and bank account. You've been in the worst season of your life for a long time. How do you stay positive during these dark times? A little bit of sarcasm. I think a lot of sarcasm. Uh, maybe a lot. Uh, <laughs> I do like to make people laugh. Um, probably haven't sought as much therapy through this as I should have. When would I, you have time? True, and that's why. But I'm working on that. So That's good. Um, I don't believe you, though. I on <laughs> you know me well. <laughs> I don't believe me either. <laughs> I just got to fill out that paperwork. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like, honestly, to lots of people regular people like myself who are going through what I'm going through or, you know, ha have gone through, still going through, helped me along the way too. Um, lot, met lots of people that steered me in one direction. And from there, I jumped off to another direction, you know, finding doctors, finding information out and all of my own research online too. There are lots of people on, you know, YouTube that make videos of what they're going through. Um, so yeah, day by day, sometimes hour by hour, to be honest. Yeah, that's how I got through it. So, I uh, do anything for my kids. That's <laughs> they come first. That they do. Yeah. And you were able to be that kind of mom whose kids did come first while dating. It is possible. It is. So bring us back to the time where you're at rock bottom. You're learning to navigate being a single mom, working full time. Your all three children have Lyme and you had an awful lot on your plate. And I remember you're like, I'm gonna find love. And I'm like, 
get on these dating apps. Yeah, I'm not a book club kind of gal. So, what was your thought process during this time? I, I, I suppose on some level, I was a little bit um, feeling like I deserve to have love because I wanted, you know, a good marriage and a family, and that didn't happen. So, yeah, I, I went online to find love. Okay, so what it, was the first? Did you go on Tinder because I made you? I can't remember. Um, I never did. I went on Match. Okay. I never made it to Tinder. Um, That's all right. Yeah. It, it, honestly, for me, writing the, the bio about myself was easy because I just, I was myself. And I, I, I didn't make anything up. I told it like it was. I made a few jokes in there that were true. Um, and Like give me an example. Oh, gosh. Um, I think I said I was a nurse and a mother, and I'm not sure which I'm better at. Something like that. Okay. Which I is, like that. Which is true. <laughs> um, I... Uh, it was kind of long, and but I feel it was like five years ago now, something like that. So um, I did not say that I like to hike and kayak and do all these things that I've been missing out on because I, I, I couldn't say that with, you know, full honesty. In some of those um, profiles, you see that a lot. So I don't think it's a good idea to say, to make yourself look good on paper, right. just, just be who you are. And because eventually they'll find out that, You've never kayaked or something like that, you right. know. But you are this basketball star. Like, you are very athletic. No, I used to be, sort of. Yeah. So you didn't put that in? Did I? I don't think I did. I th- uh, no. And I don't even like watching sports, so I didn't put that in either. Right. Um, I like playing sports. I don't like watching them. So, okay. um, And then picture-wise, I just picked a few old pictures of myself that, you know, in the, not old, like recent, but just pictures on my phone, ones that I could, you know, say, all right, I guess, and use those. Because uh-huh. I also didn't want to make myself look any different than I really do, you know. Um, but you are a Meghan Markle <laughs> doppelganger. <laughs> and guys used to call you Meghan Markle. Well, really? That's nice. Yeah. Remember? You don't remember that? I remember, No. But Scott said that I looked like her. That's so funny. No, you got that multiple times. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah. You're the princess of Sussex. I'm so not a princess. <laughs> no, I remember that. Everybody, well, because you got the dark hair. But they just, it's weird what guys do. They just like put you in this association. They hang on to different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you just had regular photographs. And I'm against that, obviously. I mean, you could have called me. But, I know. But you just didn't have time. I didn't. What did you think? I mean, you're like, did you have shame associated with it? Because now it's way cooler and way more accepted. Or, or did you just think, this is the only way for me. I'm a working mother, and I'm done, and I, I'm a good person, and I want to find love. I mean, I do think that was your superpower. You believed you would find love. Yeah, I was working on borrowed time in the sense that, you, you know, are. the divorce was tough. Yeah, and um, probably should have happened sooner. Yeah. So. Which is very common. Yeah, I did believe that um, all, being a good mom means being ha- ha- happy and healthy yourself. So I think that's part of it. Right. So that was the key. Now, one could argue, because you are the prettiest girl, and I, I, I do think this, you never had a problem finding 
guys to date before you went online. So somewhere in your psyche that had to be there, I think. Uh, or no, he didn't think that much about it. Not really. I just figured that was the only way to go at, at this point But you point didn't have confidence no. in yourself at all. Not really. No. No. So, which most people don't. Also, I think... But you did and you didn't. Yeah. Like, you, you, you did not care. You were so tired and so done, you didn't have time for these fools and the players. What's a good time? What, what am I going to wait till I'm 60, 70, <laughs> right. 80? You know, what's right. a good time? Right. I really feel like that. So, like yesterday, you know? So, and I do, I just need to say this. I do feel like there's, or it's easy for people who are married to say. What it's like. And you're going to go online? What, what else am I going to do? Right. I'm going to go hang out at the bar every <laughs> Thursday, Friday, Saturday? No. Sunday? No. Morning? No. No. So you did not know what you're doing, which no one does. Yeah. And I think I filled it out at midnight one night, just filled it out. I'm just going to do it. Do it. Okay. So how many dates did you go on before you found the person, the one? I talked to a lot of people on texting and messaging or, you know, emails. That's how it started. I didn't go on too, too many dates. I think I went on, I think there was maybe like two or three guys that I went on dates with. Okay. And each one a Maybe a couple. Okay. Bad days. My lime brain is, sorry. It's I, okay. Uh, um, no, they weren't terrible, but... Um, it wasn't. They weren't the one. Yeah. You could just tell when so- someone has a seriousness to it, or I wasn't looking for... To be played. Yeah, or just, you know, hang out here and there. I wanted a partner. Right. Yeah. You were serious I, about I that. wanted a partner to begin with, you know? Right. So... You wanted to show up. You yeah. wanted someone to show up in a big way. Yeah. Best friend, a partner. You okay. Know. And you would give people the benefit of the doubt. And you were really nice because you are really nice and really responsive. And that hurt you in the beginning. I think so. Yeah. Probably. You just assumed like you guys are getting along and you liked each other. Yeah. And then. If they were funny. Maybe, yeah, you know. Too I, much credit to funny. Just, like, leave that to me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Totally. Because um, that, in the end, wasn't what was important at all. So. No. So, a couple times, I told you, okay, you got to ghost this clown. Yeah. Forget it. Yes. Leave it. You were freaking out. I was. Did not want to do that. <laughs> I know. You didn't. Yeah, it's scary. Power move, though, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, once... You've made those shifts within yourself. Then you became the person you needed to become. Because if you didn't make those shifts, and it was just not having the right information. Oh, this is how this is done. Yeah. Oh, this is what happens to nice people. And just because I'm divorced with three kids doesn't mean that I'm going to have some schmuck. No. You know, play me around or whatever, you know. Right. I can have somebody with a serious intention. You learn pretty quickly. What do you think was one of the biggest mistakes if you could turn back time? Probably just not prioritizing what I was looking for. Um, a partner, a person who can, you know, have fun, but also realize the seriousness of a schedule and family life. 
Right. So that's tough. That commitment. Yeah, commitment. Um, a, a lifetime partner. Someone who was all in. Yeah, that's what I signed up for to begin with. Right. Didn't work out that way. Right. So what would your advice be for people who have too much responsibility with their children and feel that they couldn't possibly add dating to their plate? You can. You definitely can. And it doesn't need to be this, like, long, drawn-out process. Like, you met your boyfriend pretty quickly. I did. I do feel like bitterness has no part in this. You cannot be bitter about your life and how it went. Yeah. It doesn't always go the way you want it to, and I am here to tell you that firsthand. Right. In many different ways. Right. Nice people get divorced. Yeah. Good people get divorced. Half the country's divorced. Right. Good good people have kids get sick, too. Nice people. And all of it hasn't gone the way I I intended, you know? Right. But that happens. What are you going to do? Pick up your bootstraps and move on. Right. That's good. That's good advice. So tell me about meeting Scott, because he's someone who showed up in a big way for you, and why people shouldn't judge or have preconceived notions that aren't even true about other people. Because we both did this. Yes. Yeah. We both did this to our Scots. <laughs> I know. He, he was messaging me from the beginning, and I was answering him because I, you know, I liked what he was writing, and he was very polite, and, and he wrote long I love that, messages to me. Yep. And I maybe overlooked that for a little bit. I, I should have realized that those long messages were the sign of someone who's serious and responsible and... And until you get to know somebody, you don't know what other qualities they have besides that if you're just messaging with somebody. So, right. But the one message, after I had gone on some dates with these other goofballs, I, one message that he sent me in particular, then I started paying attention to him because of what he wrote. And what was it, it? He had asked, we were trying to get a date to go out, a, a, you know, a time to go out. Right. And I had said to him, I was just truthful, that... It was hard for me because, well, no, you know what? I don't think I even said that. I think I mentioned that Delaney was sick and that my one day off a week that I have, I was doing four tens at the time and had a day off, were dedicated to her doctor's appointments and things like that. Wow. And he wrote back to me that he'll wait as long as I can figure it out because he went on and on about how much he appreciates the schedule, how busy life is with kids and those responsibilities, and that absolutely comes first. And could he have been giving me, you know, nonsense and maybe that wasn't true? Maybe, but I took no, a chance and took it for real. And five years later, here you, know, you are. He's more than serious. Yeah. I love this true story yeah. because this dating timeline was long. It was a bad winter. Your kids were often sick, especially Delaney. And it took a long time before you went out on your first date. Yeah, and sick. because it took so long, you already fell in love with him. I, I had, yeah, by talking on the phone, messaging for like four months, yeah. So four um, months. Almost four months, yeah. And you have never met him. And we had a few snowstorms derail us, and yeah, no, never had met him, just talked. So, And so then the first date, I was so nervous at that point that he wasn't going to, you know, be res- 
receptive who you thought yeah in person and i was like sick to my stomach oh my god yeah. that's a big investment of yeah time. yeah i would have never recommended that that was uh, crazy i know it was it kind of just happened it wasn't what we set out to do right but at that time i stopped talking to everybody else and we we just talked so we were exclusively talking or at least i was <laughs> i think he was too but so yeah. how did you go from that first date to we're in a relationship do you think it was because you had to be so strict with your time or you had to set up these boundaries or it just was such a fit. Like it was just such was, a match that you a, just knew. Yeah, it was a good match. And, and like I said before, I met him in person. I knew, but also it was, it's him, uh, how great of a person he is. Honestly, he's just yeah. a good human. And um, I, I haven't scared him away since, which he knew what there's was still, going there's on. There's still time, just kidding. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so true. He wasn't exactly, I guess no one knows what that person is going to be. And that's why I think we should stop envisioning these made-up fairy tale endings because we're not open to somebody who could just make your life so great. Mm-hmm. Someone, he's someone who makes my life easier. You, that people deserve that. Right. Why would you even spend time together if you're not going to try to make each other's lives easier? Right. That makes no sense, you know? Yeah, and you say this to me all the time, that each and every day he finds a way. I bet you he found a way today to make your day easier. Always, every single day. He, I know, that's so cheesy. Of, and no, no, it's but so it's true. true, though. Yeah, every single day. But people don't believe that that's out there. It is. I didn't. I didn't. I had no idea. That's right. the truth. Right. Yeah. So for the person who believes there aren't any good guys out there, what would your advice be around settling? There had to be a piece of you who wouldn't settle this time around. Definitely. And I think having kids, too, puts a whole other layer into it. Um, Put your kids first. And that's his philosophy, too, so that's why it works so well. Um, But, yeah, there's no need to settle. if, If your gut feels like you're settling, then you are. Right. You can't change people. No. I really don't think that you can. So. No. So you needed a partner to help you with your kids. And now that you do have him, this type of person, like, you didn't put it on a vision board. No. But you needed him in the worst way. That's, tr- that's yeah, that's true. What would your advice be about holding their value and hold out for a person who will improve your life, not take away? What would you look for? Is it that nice, long message? Like, that's a good sign that he took the time to check in and write you, asking you about your day. I will wait as long as it takes for your schedule to open up. Yeah, that's amazing, obviously. Yeah, those are two things he did. Yeah. Anything else that you can think I mean, I think that I was so honest with him from the beginning, and some of the messages I wrote back, and then my profile were very honest, so I was who I am, and, and he liked that, because you don't want to attract people that may not like the true you. How great would it be to find the love of your life, the man of your dreams? Do you believe online dating would work if you had the right tools to be successful? 
Well, I have exciting news. I've created your best shot at love masterclass. I cannot wait to share with you what's worked for me in my life and for many of my clients that have helped over the years. If you enroll in this class, you have a winning mindset and believe in getting help before you start something new. If you're ready to see changes in your dating life and want to take action, check out my free webinar at shotatlove.co. If you decide you're going to choose another path, that you're worth it and you're willing to enroll in the masterclass, you can also register at shotatlove.co. I designed this masterclass specifically for you to be successful. Please know that everything you're going to learn in these nine modules and six coaching calls has been carefully curated for you so you can gain the success you truly want. I will be there for you the whole time. In the meantime, I wish you all the success and I can't wait to hear about your story of finding love. I'm Carrie Brett and I will be your mentor and friend through this incredible journey. That's also cheesy, but true. Like, don't try to be someone that you're not, because eventually you got to let that mask slip, you know? Right. Um, well, you weren't going to have that problem anyways, because you're so, you don't know how to be anyone else. Carrie, you're so, <laughs> I'm blushing. Um, I, that, thank you. I, I, I think that genuineness that you can't change was definitely one of the secrets to your success. Yeah, I, I wouldn't recommend that. I think that, you would recommend I, it? I wouldn't recommend. Just be yourself. Don't, and you can't change people. So I like that. Try to look for people that make you smile, make you feel good about yourself. And people fit into your life. More kindness. Yeah, fit into your life. Mm-hmm. Not everybody can. That maybe has more in common with you. And I don't mean like, oh, like I love volleyball. I mean, <laughs> you maybe have children as well. That's kind of hard to mesh, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like, or I'm trying to think of... Um, or understand that you have to put your children first. Yeah, that's a commonality. And that you didn't need another child. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. You need a grown, grown up man. <laughs> Very, yeah. That's you need true. a man. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. someone who is going to be another problem or. Another worry, another hassle, another making you feel like. Just more work. Yeah, more work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that work was not attractive. No. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Do you think it was your consistency that you showed up and you were just all in and you believed that this was your answer? I do. Yeah. Were you consistent? Well, I think you were pretty after it. Yeah. Once, you mean with Scott? Once I decided that? Well, was, or just dating? Like dating in general. Yeah. I definitely made up my mind that I wanted to find somebody. And then just, I didn't take a break or anything. Is that what you mean? Yeah, you didn't take a break. No. So how long was it that it took before you found him? Six months. It wasn't that long. And how many days would you say you went on? On the dating site? Yeah. I was on for a good, like, three months. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because you had the four-month window of just talking to him. Yeah. So you really did, I mean, that is pretty quick. It was pretty quick. I, I... I did have to weed through some stuff, though. It's pretty, it's pretty overwhelming, yeah. but I say just hang in there. Right. Um, and you're not a negative person, and you definitely rely on your humor yeah. to survive. So when it was dark or terrible, you just would make a lot of jokes about yeah, it. Yeah, shake my head a lot. Yeah, you were really funny that time. I mean, you're always funny, but... I mean, I can be self-deprecating, which I think is funny. It is funny, but the <laughs> just the... 
the questions that you had, like you're like, oh, why am I such a slow learner? Why can't I figure this out? Yeah. Like, what's wrong with me? I'm like, because you can't see the forest through the trees when you're in it. True. And it's easy for, don't listen to the static. It's easy for you to fall victim to listening to static of people that are married. And or people who aren't doing well online. Yeah. Or a fake book, things like that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Okay. Because you can't get consumed with that stuff. Get off of Facebook. Don't look at everybody else's, air quote, perfect life. Don't do that. Right. You know? Well, no one has a perfect life. No one has a perfect life, no matter what they're putting on there. And so you couldn't show up as a perfect version of yourself because it wasn't going to happen. No. Because this journey's long. It, it is. I'm you know? You. Pretending to be somebody else is probably... Or not believing in yourself or giving yourself a chance is probably some of the biggest mistakes women can make. Yeah. And exhausting after a while, I would think. Yeah. What do you think if I was going to ask Scott, what did he love about you right away? I think... Your self-deprecating humor. Yeah. And, and just <laughs> being honest, I threw in a few swears and back and forth about the elf on the shelf and how much I hated him, things like that, uh -huh. you know? And he was like, oh man, like she's real. She's real. Yeah. Yeah, that realness, people. Yeah. He told me that. He did tell me that. And, and after that, messaging back and forth, honestly, like that, about real life, about yeah. real life stuff. Right. That that's what made him keep messaging me. I like that. What important lessons did you learn about yourself while you were dating or starting over? I mean... People always said to me, how did you do it? I'm like, what choice did I have? Yeah. I was 43, had a 13-year-old. I was going on Tinder. That was it. That's what happened. Yeah. Is it fun? No. No, it's not. No. I guess I learned how resilient I am. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good question. If you were to say you had a superpower... Was it having, like, a positive attitude or being so optimistic? Or do you think, you just don't think about it. You just are an autopilot. I think maybe not thinking about it, overthinking. It's something I can do with other things, but I, I, I tried not to overthink it once it was, the ball was rolling. Right. So you didn't, like, work on your mindset. You didn't... Read a bunch of books about online dating. I talked to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. I was a good friend for you at yeah. that time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. It does help if you can talk to someone. It does. It. Yeah. Definitely. Knowing that other, you're not the only one going through it. Right. Right. And it's not you. Right. It's not something wrong and you, with and you. And you deserve to be, everybody deserves to be happy. I know. It's a tough time. It That's is. That's why laughter is the best way to navigate mm -hmm. The process of online dating. Yeah. And I like being alone, but no one wants to be lonely, you know? I like my alone time, definitely. Yeah. But not everybody wants a partner, but if you want one, you deserve one. Yeah. You and, you, and you can pull in the right person. Yeah, definitely. Who will make things easier and better for you. And I, I love that. I think, but I think you have to lose the superficiality. That's a big trap. Be, yeah. Be open to how that person is going to show up. 
I think I also learned that what I was looking for years and years ago, actually, let me rephrase that. I wasn't really looking for anything years and years ago. And in this case, I was looking. But it took me a little while to realize what I actually was looking for. And I don't think I necessarily sat there and said, one, two, three, these are my, mm-hmm. you know, things I want to check off. Mm-hmm. But once I found, I kind of just stumbled into it. Then I realized that, that that is what's important to me. That's what I want. And right. that's what I deserve. Right. While dating him, you definitely somehow put in there that you wanted a partner and someone who was dedicated to you and your family. Yeah, I think I made it pretty clear on the profile without actually saying it that that was my, my life and what's most important to me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Well, I think you have to be clear. And if you're not clear about your intentions, then you can't get what you don't ask for. It's true. And I think people really limit themselves. And he's, he checks all the boxes for you. He does. And you, it's so awesome to hear that. It's a miracle. I know some people will say, God sent him to you. Wow. And, you know, I do feel like that. I feel very... I do feel like God sent you. Yeah, I feel blessed. You were due for a break. I think so. I would think. I wasn't really thinking that at the time, but again, with the hindsight, yeah, I think so. Yeah. You know? You but, didn't know how much you needed him. True. That's, that's 100% true. And so... It didn't matter that you had three kids, you had all these challenges with, with Lyme. Yeah, and it might not have been what you see on TV with these dating shows and things where, like, not might not have, we, did, we went out every other weekend, one night a week, like on a Saturday night. Every other weekend is what we did for a while once we did start seeing each other. Mm-hmm. And it still worked because wow. that's... Because you made it a priority. His schedule, my schedule, yeah, and, you know... If your kids in your life truly come before that, then, and the other person believes the same, then you can you, do you it. You can do it. It's yeah. incredible. So I want to talk about your frustrations with Lyme, and how tough this has been on you, and how the listeners can help. Because a lot of people listening have children, work full time, don't have all this happening. And I believe that people are good, they're caring, they shop at Whole Foods, they're hippies, and they want to help. Yeah. They want to help, and you need help. So insurance does not cover Lyme. Tell us a little bit about where you are right now with taking Delaney to Mexico and, and how you've been doing this for basically over a decade. Yeah. Uh, Delaney got sick when she was nine. She's now 19. Uh, when I look back, though, on her childhood, she did have a lot of illness, and I think that was that was what it was. Um, she also got put on prednisone for a year of her life when she was first born because she had a hemangioma that was shutting her eye, so that shut down her immune system. So if she was, you know, if I pass it on in utero, which is what we think happened, and then she was also bit by ticks that I pulled off of her. Mm. Um, then she got really sick and started to not be able to walk when she was nine. So she was put in a wheelchair. Um, that wasn't the first time. Two more times after that. Um, walked with a crutch with the left foot 
um, you know, dragging her left foot behind. She has neuro neurological Lyme, but she also has co-infections as well, which is very common for ticks to give you more than one infection at a time. So uh, it's, a, it's a silent epidemic. And so I didn't know it at the time, but to make a, a long story short, she was misdiagnosed, they missed it, and um, she's been failed by, by the medical community here in Boston. Right. Very much so. And to be honest, you know, still is here and there, and you have to find Lyme literate doctors, you have to pay out of pocket. Um, we had to go to Connecticut. Um, we see a neuro Lyme specialist in New York. We also Dr. see some... Houston. Yeah. You've New, gone New Hampshire. Yeah. Um, it's so prevalent in, in New England, and right. there, there's not a lot of help in this great Mecca that we have. So Right. Um, yeah, I'm taking her to a place in Mexico. It's um, an advanced biomedical, advanced medical center. And there's a doctor down there that's performing miracles all the time for complicated patients like her because she is a complicated patient. And again, if I had known 10 years ago what I know now, I only know this because, you know, there's a saying in the Lyme community, you don't get it till you get it. And right. um, that's very true. And it's sad, but it's true. And so... And, and also being a nurse, having to go this holistic route. I mean, I don't know how someone who isn't in the medical field like I am would have navigated the last 10 years wow. do, doing this. I really don't. Right. Because I know all the terms and, you know, I know how to push a wheelchair and fold it up. I know how to use medical equipment and things like that. We've been through hell. Yeah. Delaney has been through hell. And she's still not better. <sighs> and it's morphed into you know, a chronic inflammatory response syndrome. And yep. um, yeah, so now she has a feeding tube and she's allergic to a lot of things. Um, a lot of things play into it, like mold and um, metals, high metal counts, of which we found out in 2015, but they basically poo-pooed it and said, it was, oh, don't worry about that. I could tell you some stories. I won't, I won't go into it, but it's been uh, one letdown after the next. And, you know, Lyme is also very, uh, there's a lot of... Um, depression and anxiety and rage that goes along with it for, yeah. pe for people. And, um, yeah. and it's underlying and being missed in a lot of diseases like autism and Lou Gehrig's and MS. Absolutely. I couldn't believe that when I watched the film. All of the autoimmune diseases that we don't know what causes that. They, you and know, they don't even test for Lyme. Lyme disease triggers your, your body to fight against itself in different parts of the body because it doesn't know what it's supposed to be attacking because the spirochetes move all around your body at any given time. And that's why the testing is so bad. And there's a lot of false readings. Right. And it's letting people down left and right. And it's a silent epidemic because of that. Right. It's controversial, you know, discovered in 1973 and they dropped the ball and yeah. they continue to do so. It's getting a little better. I don't know when they're, they're going to change this. They're working on a vaccine, I think in Maine or something, you know, and forgive me if some of my facts are wrong, but I read so much. I, yeah, I sometimes get the stuff mixed up, but um, what I know is I, I gotta get, I gotta take her somewhere else. And you gotta do it. Yeah. 
please contribute to the GoFundMe fundraiser on behalf of Delaney's journey. Christine and Delaney are traveling for treatments in the hopes that this will finally put an end to the debilitating symptoms she has been suffering for most of her childhood. All of these costs are out of pocket as Lyme disease is not covered by medical insurance and Christine is on her fourth unpaid medical leave. My hope is that we can ease some of the financial burden that has been accumulated over the past decade. We really appreciate any support you can give. No amount is too small. You can make donations at GoFundMe.com and search for Delaney's Journey. And with your help, one day we'll be able to say Delaney is cured by your caring and kindness. The Brennan family thanks you in advance from the bottom of their hearts. And we're back with my friend, Christine Brennan. Christine, your story is a good one. And I know you don't want Lyme to define you, but in a way, it made you who you are today and played a huge part in your choices around finding love. So it's, that's a positive spin, I guess. That's, that's another true truth to my life. Uh, it, in a way, I feel like it's made me look through life through different lenses, having, being sick myself, being, you know, having kids that are sick, it's Lyme disease. One thing I want people to know about Lyme disease is that it's a very invisible disease and it's one that you can still carry on your normal life duties, like a job, being a mother, um, and having relationships. So that's why it's an invisible disease because it waxes and it wanes. The symptoms vary. I mean, there's a, so many symptoms, like 300 to 500 symptoms that it can, you know, manifest. So I think that for me, don't sweat the small stuff. That's what, that's what this has taught me. And it makes you look, yeah, through life with different lenses to, to, not, to not care about everybody else, shut out the noise. Right. You know? Right. I had no choice. You had no so. choice. And you had to do that when you were online. Yes. You had so much stacked against you that you couldn't care whether people were judging you if you're on match or whatever. And you also didn't really care either. You couldn't care what these people's opinions were of you, who you were dating. Yes. You just didn't personalize it. No. And that's a good thing. It's not going to matter at the end of the day. Who, it's not. Mm-mm. It's not. So. Yeah, and to have a, a disease that you have to go after the answers, the care, the help, the support... It's, it's frustrating, for sure, you know. I, I, I think we all know that there's many diseases that, that people have that are covered by insurance and, and you're supported and rallied around, and, and that's awesome. That's not the case with Lyme. Yeah. Is there anything that you would want the listeners to know? I know you know so much about Lyme from being a nurse and all these years of research. I know... There's some great resources like that movie you told me. Can you recommend or can you leave the listeners with something that they should know about Lyme? Well, I think if you suspect that you might have Lyme, one thing to know is that it's very common for people to have gone to one service trying to find answers to their symptoms. And if that doesn't pan out, they go to the next service. If that doesn't pan out, they go to, on to the next service. That's very common among Lyme patients. So here you are, you're going to 
neurology, then you end up in urology, you end up in orthopedics, and then you end up at rheumatology, and then you end up ophthalmology. We've done them all for Delaney's wow. problems. And um, eventually, I'm talking every service, you know, so yeah. I think that... That you pay for yourself. Yeah, and then you might click to yourself at, at the thought, you know, maybe this is something else triggering all these symptoms. So that's, that's very, very common. Um, there's um, LymeDisease.org. There's Invisible International. Um, any, go, just going on Facebook, you can type in anything, and there's support groups for many problems that Lyme present. You know, okay. and that's helped me a lot. Uh, just knowing that other people are going through what you're going through, because I'm not alone. That's for sure. Yeah, it's sad, but it's it's a truth. Well, I hope this is a good resource for somebody as far as dating or learned a little bit more about this terrible disease. So how do they find you, Christine? It's GoFundMe.com, then search Delaney's Delaney's Journey. Journey. Yes, great. What would they search on Facebook to find you? You can search Christine White Brennan. Okay, great. And don't be afraid to reach out if you have a question or solution. Happens all the time. Please do. That's great. Well, thank you so much for your inspiring story, Christine. I loved having you on Shotted Love today. And I want to thank anyone who donates to your cause. Thank you so much. I don't want to leave. (laughs) (laughs) I love you. I feel so cool with these headphones on. Giant mic in my face. (laughs) And for now... This week's dating tips that are inspired by our guest, Christine Brennan. Number one, what do you want? Stop caring what other people think. Is he shorter than you? Who cares? Don't have so many rules. Rules that look good to others but make you feel bad about yourself. Number two, don't be bitter when online dating. If you focus on the negatives, more negativity will manifest. Lime happens to good people, so doesn't divorce. If Christine focused on the things that didn't work out in her life, she'd be in a fetal position. Number three, what are the boxes that you're looking to check? How many of those boxes are based solely on looks or based on other people's opinion as opposed to what you think you deserve or makes you happy? I hope you found some of my tips helpful this week. This is what Shot at Love is here for, to help you find love. Keep up the commitment to yourself and commit to helping someone else by sharing this podcast. Shot at Love is now airing on iHeartRadio Live on Power Me Up Radio Talk 24-7. Tune in to The Station with Heart on iHeart. And remember to stay safe and stay tuned for more episodes. I'm Carrie Brett, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>